The views and opinions expressed by any hosts or guests of WJMS Radio do not reflect the beliefs of its owners or associates. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to WJMS Radio or the show hosts whose words, advice, and or opinions appear from or on our website or on air. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Speaker Box on WJMS Radio, radio reimagined. Hello and welcome to The Speaker Box, an all-inclusive takeover podcast series here at WJMS Radio. My name is Rachel Baldler and I have here with me tonight Sarah Holden for a discussion about women in politics. We are both young women and political science students who recognize that being a woman in the political field is no easy feat and we are here to talk about it. Okay. Super exciting. <laughs> Welcome to a podcast. Probably the best place to start is um, the fact that this year in 2020, we have like a record amount of women going into um, positions of power. We've got for like 2020, we have 298 um, female politician nominees um, that will kind of be going into the legislature in 2021, which is great because that will mean that women will hold a little over 30% of state legislative offices across the nation. And we were, we were both on staff for a female politician um, in this election cycle. And unfortunately we didn't win, but we learned that struggle yeah. and we were part of getting those women in. And even if we didn't win, we were still part of that first step, which is great. We fought the good fight. We really did. <laughs> I mean, we've like previous, we've beat previous record. I mean, our previous record for the, for, for Congress, for the National Congress was in 2018. And that was kind of dubbed by political scientists as the year of the woman. But I think we kind of outdid ourselves again. Yeah, no, we definitely did. We've got a crazy amount of women, both for Democrats and Republicans going in, which is great. And we've got some really great women too. We've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, We've got Kamala Harris as a vice president. We've never seen a female vice president. So that's pretty exciting. We've got an all-female communications team. We've got some pretty awesome women kind of vying for some cabinet positions right now. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) And what kind of sucks is that um, the mayor of Atlanta, which is the city that I live in, um, Keisha Lance Williams, was offered like a seat within... Um, Biden's cabinet, but she declined it. Um, and instead, right, right, you're going to decline a oh seat to be on the, like, the U.S. presidential cabinet. But instead, I think she's like going for re-election for mayor of Atlanta, which is great. And I'm glad that she loves to do that. Um, but that's also just kind of crazy that she turned down the option to be on Biden's presidential cabinet. That is like pretty intense, but that commitment to her, you know, her hometown, I think, I think she's from Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, but her commitment to local Georgia politics is much needed. <laughs> yeah, and she does a great job as the mayor. She's done, you know, as well as she can with handling COVID, given that the uh, the governor of Georgia sued her for mask, yes, <laughs> for mask that enforcement, was... so that was insane. Yeah, uh, 
feel like COVID has like gone on so long that it's like really hard for me to like every like era of COVID politics is like distinct. But yes, I do remember the uh, the lawsuit. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Camp, yeah no that was that was kind of ridiculous. lawsuit yes um, yeah, well, yeah actually, the mayor of the former mayor of my hometown in columbus georgia is an awesome woman and she ran in the senate primary against john ossoff she lost it's okay but <laughs> she's awesome and still very active in state politics which is like another Teresa tomlinson is another woman that i'm like super admire yeah, and that's great. And just overall, women have come such such a long way uh, from when we first started. Um, like we can see, like in history, we had some of um, women's first politicians in the 1800s running for seats. We literally, in the 1800s, we had like women trying to run for president, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and something that I feel like is kind of like, it shouldn't be funny, but it's kind of funny where the first person to run for the U.S. House of Representatives got only 24 votes out of the 12,000 that were cast. But again, she was the first person to like run um, for U.S. House of Representatives. So like 12, 12, 24 votes is um, pretty great. Um, but from the 1800s, women running and not even be able to vote at that point. Women yeah, I was going to say pre, pre suffragette. Yeah. No, but before 1920, there were still women in positions of power. We had women in like on Senate seats and states and as a mayor in Kansas, there was one. And so like seeing women, like even without being able to vote, um, still like fighting for having their voice and having that power um, is honestly fantastic. Um, and it's also kind of great to think about the fact that these were women that were in these powers and women couldn't vote, which means that men were voting for these women, uh, which is also like a great thought. There are 24 men somewhere. 24 men somewhere. <laughs> that is 100% true, uh, which is just absolutely great. 24 men. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. so something that I really, I really find um, just like really frustrating when I look at women in politics and something that I deal with as well is just how how degrading other like politicians and other people are when it comes to women how it, it they don't make it like they don't keep it to politics but they will actively personally go after someone we've seen this um with Kamala Harris there's been you know Donald Trump Senator David Perdue here in Georgia many others have like purposely missaid her name from like some version of like Kamala la 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 or something like that and I remember like seeing a video of Donald Trump doing that and him just like waiting smugly for like his crowd to respond and so like we just something that really irks me and scares me is how how people find it so easy to personally go after women to personally degrade them um, and just mean, politics and and everything aside they will just go straight for them and it's absolutely disgusting yeah, and this is a tale as old as time. And we've seen, we saw that with Hillary Clinton. We saw that, you know, on the other side of the aisle, kind of with Sarah Palin. Um, it's, it is downright nasty. It's, it is, it, they don't, you know, women are in their own special sphere on either side of the aisle and are sub, like, subjected to attacks that their men counterparts aren't. We see 
and for me, like, I think it is most staggering kind of with AOC right now. Like she gets, you know, blasted for her haircut or what she wears, you know, and not her actual policy ideas or thoughts. Whereas her, you know, male counterparts can do abhorrent things and say abhorrent things to her and nothing happens. Yeah, no, AOC gets blasted, like you said, for wearing a suit to a photo shoot, a suit she doesn't own. But then we have people like Donald Trump with, you know, dozens of sexual assault allegations as president. We have Brett Kavanaugh, who defended a sexual assault allegation by saying that he'd had a few too many beers, but at 17, he was defending an illegal thing with another illegal thing. And so like, people will find excuses, they will make excuses for male politicians and then they will like, they will find and make excuses to hate female politicians. Um, and it's absolutely gross. Like again, with AOC, you know, we saw Senator, Senator Yoho call her, you know, disgusting a bitch. Like it's just like that particular instance was honestly like astonishing that um, a Senator, just anyone could go up to a, anyone even and just say those things just so like out there. Um, that kind and of language to be allowed in a place like for me that I admire and respect so much is like deeply upsetting and I wonder where our fundamental problem is that you know the masses have just kind of like allowed this to be okay and why we don't respect you know our female politicians who are so have proved themselves and are so overly qualified to be where they are and do what they do we're just kind of okay with this this like attitude of disrespect that i think is like the the fundamental problem for me yeah i have said this and i will stand by this but a woman has to work twice as hard and has to be twice as loud just to get an ounce of respect that men are given automatically um, and I'm sure you've experienced things like that, situations like that, um, just as much as I have. Um, I, this almost seems like embarrassing to say, but I'm very politically active on TikTok. Um, and I'm constantly, <laughs> but I'm, and so like, I'm always posting on TikTok about politics and things that are happening and like my personal opinions. Um, and something recently, I had a video blow up um, to where, um, about like the Black Lives and Blue Lives Matter movement, where I stated that, um, becoming a cop, being a blue life per se is a choice and being black is not. Um, and I got absolutely blasted for it by like conservatives, but it's not that they were attacking my politics. Like they weren't coming for my video and being like, yeah, here's like, I don't know, facts. I don't know, blue lives uh, matter facts and things. They were coming at me and calling me names, telling me to like eat more, eat pizza, like calling me stupid, calling me dumb. They weren't attacking my politics. They were just attacking me um, because it's just, I guess it's just like easier to attack me because again, the Blue Lives Matter movement, like this isn't what this podcast is about, but there's not a whole lot of merit in it because again, it is a choice um, and you can't really defend that it's not a choice. Um, and so like they weren't, they couldn't really say anything about my politics, but even on videos where I, where I do talk about things that could be argued, they still just attack me personally. Um, I've got constant duets and constant stitches and constant comments 
that are all like personally demeaning and degrading. Um, but no one ever attacks my politics. It's just me um, because they don't like my politics. And I know, you know, women everywhere, I've seen that again with Kamala Harris and her name and politicians um, mispronouncing it and AOC and um, just so many female politicians that we see um, now in the past are just constantly blasted um, for literally just for being a woman. Because again, you, a woman will work twice as hard just to gain the ounce of respect that a man has. Um, I put so much work into making sure that the videos I post and the content I post is right and that I have sources and that it's correct um, to try to avoid that. And it happens anyway. Um, and so it, it almost honestly kind of scares me to be um, a political science student and to be pursuing that and to put myself in that direct line of fire because you know having it on TikTok is one thing, but knowing that to continue this line of politics, it will only get worse. So like definitely like for me, like I'm a senior political science student. I've done this, you know, for this going on like finishing up my third year. Even in the classroom, sometimes like you have to work so hard for your opinion to be validated, for you to be heard, for you not to just be, you know kind of talked over or the just anything and for that to be in something so small as a classroom shows me that there are you know definitely strides to be made and with what you're saying about social media I'm like I'm not like super active on social media I definitely like have a small following and I'm like very particular about what I post like both for accuracy and just kind of for like family safe content but, you know, more and more recently, I've been posting, you know, more and more kind of politically charged things. And like what I have noticed is just like how vicious like people can even be like, like on one in one replies, you know, never before have I been called like a baby killer until this year. Like, and I'm, you know, I'm like, I, it's not like how I kind of see it, but like hurtful and like harsh rhetoric like that is staggering. And what do you do with that? Like, do you just, you know, kind of hide and not say anything on social media for something that like I so care about to my core that I've like made it what I study in school is going to be my career, is going to be my whole life. Do I just kind of like hide and not say anything and kind of take on this like role of like a quiet professional woman or do I say like hey like what you're doing is part of the problem like there's a bigger problem at hand and this is it yeah no it's definitely a hard balance um because I know that the things I post the fact that I have a history with modeling um as well will probably um, come back to me in the future, people will use it against me, um, which is definitely not fair because again, I, modeling is not on the same level as like sexual allegations. Um, um, but I know that that's going to be a conversation that will be had and it's not gonna be a conversation that will be in my favor. Um, and, and there's nothing that I really can do about that, but just like prepare myself and know that that doesn't affect my merits. That doesn't affect my, my like me modeling at 16 and even still now I do it. 
does not affect the education that I've gotten, the experience that I've worked for, the passion with politics, um, and people will make it like that. Like I can envision some of like the comments that will be said. Yeah, about I can it. like hear it in my head right now. Yeah. And, like cringing. Yeah. I, like, like my challenge to myself, like when I kind of like get into this rut is like, why can't I be a woman who can do it all? Why can't I be a woman who, you know, can say what I think and what I feel and what I like know to be right. And also, you know, be a professional woman in all aspects and do every thing everything snaps that I want to professionally snaps for that why can't I be a woman and do it all I I relate to that so hard I am someone who 100% wants to do it all I want to try everything I want to do everything I love modeling um and I love political science obviously I'm a student in it and you said you're a senior I'm only a freshman um but um yeah it's it's definitely again back to that like we have to work twice as hard but again we still can't do everything and what we do will never be enough for so many people we've seen that in this election there are so many people who will never think differently <laughs> like the next like the next like strong woman that comes to mind is dr jill biden she's a doctor yes. she's yes, a professor she's currently being blasted right now someone i saw this like I think I only saw it as a headline or in a video, um, but people are like calling for her to like drop her doctorate and like the fact that she's like a doctor because it's not a real doctor. It's just like a doctorate of education. Um, and that's absolutely disgusting. Like she worked for that PhD. She worked for that doctorate. And that has like, the fact that it's even like a topic of conversation, the fact that people are like considering that and calling for that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I like, like as a student now, I'm like, she like, you know, this semester, especially with COVID, like I've gained like a real respect for my professors and everything that they do. But for her to be, you know, a loving and doting wife, the first lady of the United States and all of the responsibilities that come with that, as we have seen, you know, traditionally carried out by like these fantastic role models of women. You know, I just finished Michelle Obama's book and I've never been more floored by how sh like strong and wonderful and truly graceful she was in that position. But, you know, to be a professor, have a class load, have, you know, all of the responsibilities that come with the White House and then her personal life, like she's a woman who's doing it all. That's yeah, what, she that's is. And, and she will be the first like working first lady. We've mm -hmm. never had a first lady who keeps her day job and she will be, and I think that's fantastic that she's doing that. Um, Snaps for that, I'm excited. Yeah, no, because it, it shows strength that she doesn't have to become her husband's job, that she can still have her own um line and that's not to say anything against um all the other first ladies who haven't also like done their own job because again like being the first lady is a job on its own and mm -hmm. of course that's perfectly amendable but it's also great that she's keeping her job and she's showing that she can do it all that it's not like a one or the other type of thing that you can have both um and i really hope that she will handle that gracefully and that it will be graceful for her uh, because that's gonna be one hell of a workload <laughs> for yeah. sure you know mom professor <laughs> first lady this day 
no sweat for Jill Biden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is super exciting there. I am excited for that. Oh, you know what I think is an important conversation to have is that we, we brushed a little bit on um, 1920 giving like the women to vote with the 19th Amendment, but I think it's really important um, to recognize that um, that really only um, protected like white women when it came to voting. Um, and I don't want the narrative of, you know, the history of women in politics and the narrative of feminism to be um, like whitewashed as it often is because like the 19th Amendment did technically give like everyone the right to vote. And we were able to see in states like California, New York, Illinois, like women of color also voting. Um, but um, it didn't eliminate state laws that were operated to keep Black Americans from the polls. There were still poll taxes and literacy tests and lynchings and intimidations, the threat of violence. Um, and so we, we were seeing these women before 1920 being able to um, run and hold office. And then we were seeing women being able to vote in 1920, but it really wasn't until um, 1965 when the discriminatory practices, practices were um, outlawed that everyone was really kind of able to vote that we were able to start seeing minority votes as well which again uh, minority votes are so powerful we saw that here in Georgia um, historically red state for the most part turning blue mostly because of um, the minority vote and getting minorities out to vote um, and like voter suppression is a whole different conversation when it comes to Georgia. Um, but I think it's very important to really brush on um, that the minority vote and that minority women in politics is 100% very important. This idea, you know, feminism has gone through so many waves from 1920 to 2020, you know, 100 years of of change and ideas and thoughts. And I really like recently have kind of been taking a deep dive and like a, my own, like changing my own perspective on what feminism should be today because it should be for everyone. And it should be very pointedly making sure that we are not excluding these minorities who have done so much most of the real work and who are continuing to do that real work. And I'm really glad that you said it, but something that like, I think really needs to be emphasized is we still have work to do and we still have voter suppression. Like we see it here in Georgia, you and I do, I'm sure like that is real and there's work to be done and there is work being done by strong women strong women of color specifically, strong men too. Um, <laughs> but there's work to be done nonetheless. And I agree, everything you said, 100% correct. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, um, I think, um, have you heard of the AOC plus three? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I realized that Trump said that in like a degrading manner, but AOC plus three is honestly so powerful. But we see this and it's, you know, it's for women of color in the House Representatives um, that were elected and all of them were in 2018, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they're all like so progressive and they're all so powerful and they all 
just, you know, they don't like, they don't take shit from anyone. Um, and it's fantastic because I think it's so important to have these women represent that politics is for everyone, that this is, that this, that these are positions that aren't reserved for men and that aren't reserved just for white women. These are positions for everyone and that it's important to have everyone included and to have that representation. Um, mm -hmm. And again, they don't take shit from anyone. Like they stand their ground. They fight against the sexism and the misogyny. And that's fantastic because being a woman in politics is absolutely 100% exhausting. Um, they fight and, against the racism and xenophobia. They yeah. really have held their own. And not only have they held their own, they've like galvanized and, you know, kind of mobilized like an entire generation of young voters. Like never before have we seen like like young women politicians kind of be revered by like you know girls like you and I like <laughs> I love AOC's Twitter I love it like it's fantastic um, <laughs> AOC's Twitter gives me hope that me having an aggressive TikTok account um, <laughs> yeah that, that it won't hurt me too much in the future um but yeah, they just, and they do all of that with such grace. Like they, they handle everything thrown at them so gracefully and so professionally. Um, and all four of them, you know, are keeping their seats, um, which is great. They're going to continue to be yes. representatives. <laughs> yes, we get more of them. <laughs> yeah. What we want, what the people want. Yes. And again, like I mentioned earlier, we have, you know, 298 women in Congress, um, 204 of them being Democrats um, and 94 of them being Republicans. Um, but that's just, you know, that's such a great number to have because there are so many women and every single woman in this nation deserves to be represented and deserves to have someone who will speak up for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not only that, I'm just excited you know, like myself, like in elementary school and middle school, like if you had asked me, like, could you be the president one day, I probably would have said, you know, yeah, I could be the president one day, but like to be able to see that and like experience that, like see a woman in that position, vice president or in Congress, more widespread is so meaningful. And I like don't even have words for it, like how it makes me feel inside. <laughs> Yeah, it's, they're definitely taking the, the brunt of the abuse and the discrimination, these, you know, this wave of women, um, and all power to them. And that's fantastic, because they will, they, these are the women that will normalize having women in power and having women of color in power, um, which will then like pave the way and for our like our generation a new generation to come into power to have that normalization of it's okay for us to want that power it's okay for us to be good at having that power and for us to be confident in those positions because you know AOC you know she is so confident she's so bold um and she's you know probably arguably one of like the boldest and loudest um politicians out there but she needs to be and her normalizing, you know, having her voice heard is so good for our generation and younger generations um, to realize that 
that those positions of power, that those positions are there for us too. Mm -hmm. um, and if we want them, we should take them <laughs> because like the people who get in those positions of powers should deserve it. AOC 100% deserves it. Um, not everyone in Congress um, should really have their seats. Um, like again, we could probably argue I, that- I think of two Georgia senators who've got to go. <laughs> yeah, and we could argue that Kelly Loeffler, um, Georgia Senator, um, does not deserve her seat. Um, and so, and then there's that idea that, you know, I don't want to push the idea that all women are great for positions of power, because again, there should still be accountability. Um, and not everyone is cut out to be in that power, but we do, I think it's great to see more women um, who handle it and handle it well and just do it so well like AOC is doing and like Jill Biden is doing. There are qualified women out there who are no longer being overlooked. That's for, for certain. 100%. Um, and in the near future, we will be those women. Um, that is why we are having this conversation is because um, these are positions, these are um, ideas, this is, this is our future. Yeah, I go back and forth every day with like what I want to do. Um, and, you know, I was joking earlier, like, could I have been president? It's probably not president. I'm probably not cut out for that one. I've come to terms with that. But it's definitely, you know, apparent to me that it's not a man's world anymore. And I, can't, I have so much more because of the woman who came before me. And I want to be that so much more. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I definitely... <laughs> I definitely don't want to be president, um, <laughs> but you know, I I definitely do think that um, having a role in politics that you know benefits and represents people is where I want to be. Uh, and you're you're a senior, so you have like a little less time than I do to figure this out. <laughs> but, yeah, don't um, maybe. Me. I think that's like the question of of the year. What are you gonna be when you grow up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? In a few years, we might both just be voting on bills in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as we should be. As we should be. <laughs> this has been so fun. Yeah, always. thank you. Thank you for uh, joining me on this conversation. Yes, always um, wanted to politics. talk about strong women and things that are happening. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation that should that should happen more often and should not just happen between two girls on Zoom. I want this to be a conversation happening in Congress and within I want it to be a conversation that men are also having. Um, women in politics and normalizing having women in politics is so important and so powerful and so positive. Um, that it's a conversation that is being more widespread and we're seeing it more and more every single day, which is fantastic. Um, but it's, it's a conversation that still hasn't quite been normalized yet, um, but needs to be. Yes. And like, that is, that is the dream. That is the goal. And having this conversation as many times as you can is, you know, just kind of one step closer to that new normal. <laughs> Yeah, again, that, that's the dream, the new normal. 
normalizing women in politics, normalizing women of color in politics, just normalizing, you know, normalizing not having to have the conversation about um, a group getting into those positions. You know, it's just be normalized that anyone can go after um, a position of power that anyone can be in politics, regardless of race or gender, or I want to say age, um, but like some things have age limits. Um, but, uh, but we also have like a 78 year old president elect. Um, so like, you know, just regardless of physical things, you know, it, I really just want politics to be based on merits and what you can bring to the table and what you represent and having good education, I think is so important for people in politics. Um, and that's, that's what the conversation should be revolved around is whether you have the merits and the experience and the education, not whether or not you're a woman or whether or not you're black or whether or not you're a man, like that's not what the conversation should ever be about. Um, and that's what I would love to have normalized is um, just to normalize your merits and not your, your being. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally agree. You know, and with that, all I can say is for the people, go vote, go get involved, go do the damn thing. <laughs> yes, go do the damn thing, um, 100%. Thank you again for joining me on this conversation of Women in Politics for WJMS Radio. Um, and have a good night. Good night. WJMS Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. See, we keep it real. We always gonna keep it real. You can't knock what's real, you know what I'm saying? We telling the truth, man.